All right, are we are we live? We're live. <laughs> Dimitri, tell us about who you are and what you do, and uh, your feelings towards dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm Dimitri Wolf. Um, when I was in the womb, um, my mother and my grandfather played a lot of jazz music. So when I was born, I came out with perfect pitch. And now, 21 years later, I have a math rock project that's extremely cacophonous. Do you really have perfect pitch? I do. How does that affect the way you listen to bands that are not in tune? Like, whenever I listen to At The Drive-In, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> it's a little bit out there. I, I love At The Drive-In. I will go on record saying that. But, like, especially live is, only, is the only time that that really irritates me. Unless somehow you made it to the studio out of tune, which like at that point, I just like respect your professionalism as a band less. <laughs> I love it. I uh, I had a friend in college that had perfect pitch that when he would hear something like I'm really into like garage kind of like psych punk stuff that's kind of gross and sometimes just, you know, bad sounding. I and I that. think... Uh, like anything like that or anything that was even like slightly out of tune and not purposefully like kind of um, ugly sounding, like really like hurt him. Like he was like, oh. I can't stand it. Like it has to be tuned. So I was curious if you have any of that like disorientation or like, Oh, I, I really don't like, okay. I just, I just don't. I, I had a friend in college. That's cool. Perfect pitch who was like a mediocre musician like you know and uh i remember Are i told one of my professors me? i was like no no <laughs> i told one of my professors i was like yo he has perfect pitch and my professor just looked at me and goes who gives a shit and walked away <laughs> you know honestly that's what i've learned like throughout my entire life is that people really don't give a shit and like the only thing it's good for is tuning your instrument and that doesn't help when like your ear fatigue like live on stage but like, yeah, no one cares. I feel like it's cool as fuck. I've heard that it's very helpful in being able to hear something and then just like be able to play it. I mean, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. like also, I feel like having relative pitch, you could do the same thing. But like it's also more helpful because intervals yeah. Yeah. instead of relying on notes. Yeah. It's, it's also good for when you sing and you're in an instrumental band. <laughs> Like, singing you don't like singing i mean i just haven't really composed music in a while that like has called for it i feel like i get that i feel like if like i wanted to write something for vocals i would write something for vocals but i feel like you know just let the you know music do its thing is kind of where i'm at right now there are people plus who, i can't sing there are people who like j just sort of lay vocals over really complex music and it doesn't work and it's like they're sort of singing like one note like ah as the, the mm -hmm. guitar is just shredding everybody's going bananas and it's kind of the only thing that you could do is like a long held out whole note right um, like like at the drive-in yeah but at the drive-in rules <laughs> so what'd you study in college did you study music or were you like 
I got perfect pitch. I got this shit. <laughs> Actually, um, I had a falling out with the music program at Ohio University kind of before I even got there. So I went in undecided, but ultimately I ended up studying music production and I have a minor in mathematics. So oh, that's... oh my God, are you joking? That is not real. <laughs> I know, right? I, know, I swear, totally unrelated, but yeah. This guy has a math rock band and his major was music production and his minor was math. <laughs> we love that shit. That's crazy. College educated math rock kids. Yeah. For sure. Um, who did you do your most recent album with? Um, like recording wise? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was me and um, like two friends that were in the program. And uh, the drummer at the time, Jake, uh, helped out with some of it. But, um, yeah, we recorded the most recent EP at the studio at Ohio University. And then I sent it off uh, to a friend, um, Ben Rosette, uh, for mixing. And then I sent it off to a buddy of mine named Rob Walk for mastering. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mastering, I'm I'm like a really big fan of like Strawberry Girls, so like having Ben like work on it was like really cool for me, and like that's I think sick. I don't know who that is. Strawberry Girls, name. Strawberry Girls are like this awesome like dancey instrumental band. I wouldn't call it math rock, but it's like instrumental pop. It's yeah. like a lot more straightforward than a lot of stuff, but like the rest are really cool. Very. Gotcha. Um, we met playing at OU on that roof. You remember that? I do. You guys used my drum set. Maybe. I don't remember that part. <laughs> but, um, Maybe we did. I think we did. did. I just remember it got shut down by the cops. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> into it was like, a... three songs into the last band. Well, it was because yeah, people it were was... drinking. But it was also on a parking garage next to the police station. I was like, this is next to the police station. They're definitely going to come. And someone was like, oh, no, we worked it out with them. And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter. They're cops and they're next door. They're going to get tired of it and they're going to come shut it down. They told us to play an hour and we were like, so instead of an hour, how about like 25 minutes? (laughs) And they were like, whatever, we don't care. Because we're like, we don't have an hour's worth of music. Which is good because that last band wouldn't have played any music. You guys played tequila. Yeah, In the yeah, Pines was that last band. Yeah, they only got to do three songs. I felt bad for them. I felt bad Same. for them, too. I was, okay, so here's a funny little caveat to that was we, I do remember, I don't remember what I used of the drum set, but I remember I brought my own drum throne, mm-hmm. at least, at the very least, because I remember um, we packed up all our stuff, and we were just we were just gonna bounce because we had to drive back to Columbus, and we're like, uh, let's watch like one song from In the Pines, and then we'll like we'll go home. We need to get home. And we watched a song, and I was like, all right, let's go. And he was like, do you have everything? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have my throne. I gotta grab my throne. And I went back to the stage, and he was like sitting on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we have to watch the whole set. We like can't leave it. <laughs> and uh, and then the next song, the cops came and shut it down. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Well, now we can leave. <laughs> Let's grab our stools and go. It's like convenient for you. Yeah, but I did feel very bad that they only got to play like two songs. I know. 
I had so many times where I was like, man, maybe we should reach out to In the Pines and like get them to play a show with us. And then we just never booked any shows and never asked them to play with us. Dude, that was like my thing. Cause like you guys were trying to like come down to Athens. And I remember I was like in April, I'm going to try to secure you guys an Athens date. But then like COVID <laughs> happened in March. <laughs> yeah. Lots of those situations. We were always trying to go to Athens. Yeah. Athens is fun. Athens was great. Very receptive to like weird stuff. Yeah. Surprising, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess anything that anybody, anytime anybody's receptive to stuff that isn't like middle of the road, I'm always like, you guys are geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they they just want to like fucking party. And it's like, it's got like a lot of energy. So it's like people just fucking will go crazy for like right. anything with energy. And we fucking, I mean, I think both of our bands are very like energetic. For sure. We played Especially a show with like some live. guy who did not captivate the audience there once. <laughs> let's not talk bad about anybody. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's not. They but it is true. Yeah, it wasn't good, but we can't say any names. I, I couldn't say his name even if I tried. I don't remember who it was. You're right. I don't remember it either, but it wasn't It wasn't good. Um, so now you're living in Chicago. Swagging out. In Chirac. Chirac. Shout outs to Chirac. Oh, God. Yeah, it's been nice. I've been told by like some of the people that I work with that like this is a good city for math rock, but like also I I wouldn't really know right now. (laughs) How could you? I mean, geez. Chicago's a good city. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Have you experienced the random Chicago outbursts of anti-New Yorkdom? No. <laughs> like, pizza-wise? No, no, just like every time you bring up anything that, like, maybe the two cities have in common, people in Chicago used to just be like, yeah, man, fuck New York. And then you'd be like, dude, I'm just talking about, like, where I can go to a bar. And they're like, yeah, that's why New York sucks, man. No, no oh bars. And you're like, I don't think that's true. That used to happen all the time to me. People would just, like, shit all over New York. Wow. No, I've never heard that. Oh. Wait, kind of like in the same way that people from New York shit on New Jersey? No, I think it's more like a, there's like a way bigger inferiority complex. Like, it's easy for people in New York to be like, New Jersey. <laughs> I live in a high-rise Cause apartment. Because like, they're like kind of right. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like kind of right. You're like, ah, oh, I grew up in a gas station underneath the gas station. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of miss Chicago because like, really anything that isn't murder is not a crime. So you can get you could do whatever you want as long as you're not actually hurting people. Oh my god. Oh god. my god. So um, I'm out of questions, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. See ya. We're done. Yeah, we're done, dude. <laughs> oh wait, I know what I wanted to ask. Right. You. That was effective. <laughs> How come you're so anti-compressor? Okay, so that kind of started as like a joke. And then, you know, I as things go, I kind of just run with certain tropes. But my big thing on compressors is um, I've sold quite a few of them because I've had a lot. And every time I've sold a compressor, the reason that someone wants to buy it is because they think it's going to make them play good. And that's not what a compressor does. 
<laughs> it definitely helps, but it's not the thing that's going to make you play good. And then they just like kind of, I'm not, again, not going to call out names, but then they kind of just stop improving at guitar, like kind of short term <laughs> because like they feel like they have this easy solution. Yeah. Especially like the fucking like CS3, like the boss CS3 that just like squashes everything totally. And then you're like, oh, everything's so even. I'm awesome. I'm going to start tapping. Like, I got a really shitty compressor when I was like, what do they even do, man? Because I thought it would I like... still don't know really what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never I, tried one. I think if you're doing stuff that like you want to even out the levels of like the vast uh, dynamic ranges that you're playing with, that's something you could use a compressor for. Like if you're going from really loud to really quiet and you want everything to stay articulate... That's what a compressor is good for. But I had the crappiest compressor and I was like, this thing sucks. It was Do like, you know which like, one? It was one of those like $15 Chinese ones, which <laughs> is like that market right now is just uh, the worst. They're like mini pedals from China. Oh my God. They're all terrible. I think I've seen, I think I've seen the mini ones, but like only like the Behringer ones. Well, then I got a uh, SP compressor by Exotic, and I have never turned it off since I got it. Oh, yeah, those (laughs) are dope. Those are pretty dope. It's so dope. It, like, I didn't know. I just wanted that blend knob, and I didn't know it. And then when I got it, and I put it on in, like, Guitar Center, I was like, oh, yep, that's coming home with me. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not anti-compressor, really. Oh, no, of course not. Like... I have a warden from Earthquaker, and I also leave it on all the time. And there's so much control over it. I mostly use it to like make my guitar sound brighter. I think it's really cool, especially like tapping wise. I heard a set of mine back, and like the high tapping stuff and the like high arpeggios didn't come through the way that I wanted, Mm -hmm. which was why I was like, I need to start getting some compressors because I think that'll probably make those louder right but i still didn't know what like threshold ratios i didn't know what any of that was sustain where does that come from the fuck yeah so are you a total gear nerd um kind of like i'm i'm very specific about certain things like i have my companies that I kind of like to stick with. And then I've got like my gear from companies that I don't really care about. And then I kind of care more about the gear. What kind of guitar do you play for like shows and stuff? Oh, um, so like before COVID happened, I was using my Strandberg for pretty much everything, except I also have an ESP that I was using before I got my Strandberg, but then I reset it for this really specific tuning that like two of my songs are in. What do you like about the Strandberg? That's like a small headless ergonomic with the the neck that's like kind of flat or like octagon stuff. It's like it's like a trapezoid on the back of the neck. It's just like it's efficient. I'm noticing it's not as resonant as like some other guitars, which is kind of bothering me. But like it's like it's just easy to work around. I like it. Like I can like tap quickly on it. I can shit flip the fucking pickup switch on it like really quickly it's good i've only i only played one 
Strandberg one Whoa, time. Whoa, that thing is crazy looking. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. beautiful. No, it's awesome. What's it the looks tiny as hell, too. Is it like a short scale? I, it's like, it's 24.75, so not really. I think it kind of just throws you off because there's no head. And it, it looks like it weighs like nothing. Yeah, no, this it's like a it's like six pounds, something like that. Maybe ten. I don't know. I don't know what is light and what is heavy, other than like feeling it. But like, also, I like never use these like single coils, and I put this humbucker in from. It's the same humbucker that my ESP has, just so that I have like the same like sound. Yeah. Like coming out of my amp, but like I don't know. I've just like never really. I don't think I like single coils or I haven't found like the right use for them. I love that shit. I love single coils. I love a combination of a single coil in the neck and a humbucker in the bridge or the two single coils in the neck in the middle. I like, I think that's, I just, I think when I heard Jimi Hendrix's tone, I was like, I need to be able to do that. (laughs) And it took me until I was like, it took me until like last year I was like, Oh, the neck pickup on a Stratocaster. (laughs) Right. That like throaty kind of thing. Yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> um I've only played one Strandberg and it was a seven string Strandberg. I think it was like fan frets. Oh yeah. And yeah, they're all fan frets. The the fan frets were not as off putting as I thought because they're not that it's not that big. Oh dude, but like if you own one and you and you're like getting used to the fan frets, you're like, oh, this is nothing. But then you pick up any other guitar and it's like, whoa, the frets are slanted in the other direction. Like it's like having vertigo. That's how I felt looking down at the seven string with the fan frets. I was like, oh, it's like when you are like ten years old and you're on the high dive and you're like, I know it's only ten feet up, but if I jump, I die. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, if I hit this B, like I might die. That's oh a lot God. of strings, man. But I it's think this confusing. was, I don't know if they've moved to Indonesia or what, but it was like one of the earlier like Strandbergs where it was like Swedish made, super like early serial number. And I was like, if this thing rules, like I was, I loved it. Mine was made in China. China? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to be like made by one dude in Sweden, I think. Yeah, Ola. Ola Strandberg? Strandberg, yeah. I, oh, you know who I saw playing that for the first time, too? It was one of the dudes from uh, Scale the Summit. You know, I've never listened to their music. Um, He made that guitar look really tiny because he's like 6'5". Are you serious? He's enormous. Uh, he that's kind of that, funny. Like, <laughs> he plays that like headless. It looked like it didn't like go past his torso. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's like a ukulele. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a ukulele in his hands. And he's just like shredding it. Yeah, he's killing it. And I was I was like, what the fuck? Where's the how do you tune it? <laughs> and I don't think you do. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't. Would you would you ever like get a headless guitar? Uh for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um I don't have any like of those prejudices where I'm like, doesn't look like a telecaster, I'm not going to play it. Right. <laughs> I was thinking about getting one of those Alan Holdsworth guitars that are like really, really small. But they're I've all just so that. expensive. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I'm going to look that up. I don't know what they look like. Yeah. 
They look like headless mini guitars, but they're still, I think they're 25 and a half inch scale length. Like I think they're still strat, oh, shoot. strat scale length. I've seen this, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. But uh, yeah, I, I'll just play whatever. Like I, I'm also into like the new technology of guitars. Like none of that scares me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do you mess around with a lot of open tunings or are you standard like most of the time? Oh, no. I fucking love open tunings. I think I like change my tuning for like every song at this point. But um, what got you into open tunings? Who was the first person that did that? And were you like, just really this, quick. this rules? This is my, this is the guitar that like I tuned to like, it's E, B, E, F sharp, B, D. So it's like which a is ninth? Like, it's, it, I think of it as like B minor, like over E, but then sometimes I tune this, like the sixth string to F sharp or G. And like, it's just fun. Like it, I make the chord shapes, like just make more sense to me in my head. I don't know. No, I get it, but I, I mean, the first time I tried open tunings was like the first time you play Guitar Hero. I was like, I can fucking play guitar, but why can't I do this shit? Right. Like, no, I feel that. All the shapes, all the runs, all the arpeggios were just like gone. Right. Um, to answer your question, though, um, Tim Collis from TTNG, because like he's he's a mad scientist when it comes to like tuning his guitar, because like he'll like change string gauges and then like get a spider capo and then put like a banjo banjo capo over his shit. And then like you've got like a tuning that spans like two octaves. And I'm like, whoa. No, see, I never got into them. Um, Dude. Just never like, really took the time. Animals was, like, that album, like, coming right out of high school, it, like, felt like the transition between, like, like boyhood and adulthood almost. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, like, a sonic representation of that. But, like, yeah, the guitar playing on that for me was, like, huge. I love when everybody has like a, an album that you can like mark being like, oh shit, I got to get good at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the thing that got you into music? Um, Metallica. Or honestly, Guitar Hero. First it was Guitar Hero and then it was Metallica. Because like Guitar Hero it like had all those cool songs from like everywhere. And then like, I don't know, I heard Kirk Hammett like, play a solo and then i was like whoa wh what are those notes what's that sound and i had to know everything it was a wah pedal <laughs> it was indeed a wah pedal i i didn't really like guitar hero because i sucked at it and it hurt my feelings because i was like i can play guitar man i could do right. this dude i still play guitar hero like i have a wii with like guitar hero and green day rock band like to my right right now like i love that shit have they still like, have they continued to make guitar heroes? Okay, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that Axl Rose sued them, and that's why Guitar Hero doesn't make any more games. I think Actually, like Axl Rose dick. was upset about like Slash being in Guitar Hero three, and then like two years later they stopped making Guitar Hero games. What the fuck? Um, I kind of fuck with Axl Rose because he was like. Guys, we did it. We reunited Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and then pulls out no other members of Guns N' Roses. Oh, my God. He had my boy Buckethead. 
<laughs> fucking Buckethead in Guns N' Roses. I was dead. Dude, Buckethead was in Guns N' Roses for a long time, probably because he just needed to make money. For sure. I mean, wouldn't you play in Guns N' Roses if you needed to make money? I would play Night Train to like pay my rent. I'd shred Sweet Child of Mine to fucking get a new house, you know? For sure. I've always wanted to do one of those gigs where somebody like way above your pay grade is like, yo, do you want to come play guitar for Rihanna? It's like, fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, why not? I wanna, I wanna like play guitar for like Kendrick. Okay. Oh, can't, playing guitar for Kendrick Lamar would actually be sick. I'm talking about somebody that you just, you know, you're playing to a click. You know, you're not, yeah. All your patch changes are predetermined. Mm-hmm. You're playing to like Miley Cyrus or something. Oh yeah. I mean, hey, I don't have to shoegaze over my pedal board, and I could learn yeah. how to play "Party in the USA." <laughs> you, you do love that song. I love that song. I think I love pop music. Like it might be my favorite genre of music right now. Pop music's pretty good. What do you think of like Dua Lipa? Jack loves Dua Lipa. <laughs> I fucking love. Oh, do you Dua really? Lipa. I love her too. She, dude, she's incredible. She just did a tiny desk, and I was like, dude, it was great. This is amazing. Yeah, she's fucking amazing. Um. I, yeah, I love pop music. I love Dua Lipa. I'm not super into that body yaddy 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 song, but oh fuck, I, that. I wouldn't I change like the channel if that it album. came on. What'd you say? I didn't like any of that album. I listened to it with my girlfriend. I couldn't find like one redeeming song. Even WAP. No, does that even count? It's been like a single for so long that like it exists on its own entity. I can't even count it as part of the album. I'm surprised that a rap, like a rapper would produce an album in 2020. You know what I mean? I mean, but like, would you be surprised if like Kendrick came out with an album? No, but I think he like may fetishize the album. Like, I think he likes a good concept album. Yeah, and I feel like as a rapper, that's kind of the only way to do it, or else you're literally just, you just have a collection of songs. Like, they have to flow together in some way. Like, if you're, I feel like if you're making that kind of music. Yeah, but not too many other rappers, outside of like maybe Kanye, give a shit enough to put together a concept album. Someone I think does it well is Schoolboy Q. The forgotten about dude. I used to love love Schoolboy Q. I love that guy. With his bucket I think, hats. I think he's a great rapper. Yeah, the <laughs> bucket hats. He he suffered like a typical rapper problem where you get too much money and you take up golf and nobody's heard from him in five years. <laughs> well, I mean, it was either like golf or cocaine. Golf is probably healthier than doing cocaine. Probably. I don't know, though. I'm not going to say definitively. I'm not an expert. <laughs> and like golf is definitely the only game or only sport you can play and like do drugs. Right. And just Wait, what it. do you mean? Like, I mean <laughs> he could be rolling up a backwards blunt like right there on the green, lit it, light it, smoke it, put it down, swing. Actually, 18, he said I don't know how it works. He said fronto leaf, not backwards. <laughs> <clears throat> say that again. 
he's he said he uses front toe leaf when he's on the golf court, not backwoods. Golf oh. court, golf field. Golf Which one is it? Course. 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 I don't play sports. <laughs> Dude, I might I have to take up golf. It's like Please don't. Golf is so bad. I feel like it's like the eventual like next step for <laughs> you, Jack. It's like becoming really into golf. I wanted to Then I'm really then I'm really gonna think you're like a fucking liberal asshole. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Guys, I just think that P Buttigieg is <laughs> the future. As I sit my martini in like camouflage shorts. I mean <laughs> camouflage shorts. <laughs> yeah, but would you be down to do an all DIY kid basketball league in the summer after the vaccine comes out? You know, like I said, he lives in I'm Chicago. Not, I'm not like good at sports either. Like, ah, oh, damn. Like, so, dude, honestly, I, like I'm black and I'm tall. Those are my two redeeming qualities when it comes to basketball. Like, other than that, I got nothing. I th- I also suck. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be like amazing basketball. It'll be like the kids at summer camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like people like you who got really good at guitar because you shred. I feel like sometimes people like that come from a competitive background where they like, maybe they realize that they're not going to have a lacrosse job after high school. And then they just pick up the guitar and like, just want to get as good as humanly possible. Almost like it's a sport. Did that, that, so you're saying that didn't happen to you? It like, well, music was always like fun for me. I never thought it was a competitive thing. And, like, me getting good at it, I swear, was solely a result of me learning how to play Metallica songs. And then, like, I kind of just learned everything else I needed to know by doing that. Like, speed and endurance and, like, tapping. Like, you know, my first tapping thing was, like, the solo to one. And then I was like, ooh, let's be creative with this. And then, of course, with other bands. But, no, it was never competitive. So, (laughs) never competitive. I... Kind of wish that like math rock had a little bit of that element of like rappers bragging about themselves. <laughs> it, um, Tim Henson. Yeah, but actually, you know what? He could do it because I feel like he might be the best guitar player out there. He might have Said the worst. No one t- ever. He might have the worst tattoos I've ever seen. But that <laughs> dude is, is fucking amazing. Does he have a neck one? Yeah. Like, does he have one that's just like bleh, a throat one? Yeah, but because everybody's got to have that. I'm thinking about getting one. (laughs) Mario, skip the line and just get face tattoos. Oh, my God. No, I think throat is worse than face. I really do. Oh, dude, for sure. Well, you can't, like, like, swallow your spit because your Adam's apple disappears and fucks up the needle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, fuck. I don't like needles. I don't have any tattoos. I have one. Are you going to get more on your face? I Look, I have to have a number one single as a rapper before I get a face tattoo. Can we make that happen? I mean, I mean, can you? No. Oh, well, shit. I have written a song for a number one artist. Really? Who? Um, I wrote a song that Brandy sung on. Wait, really? Who's yeah. Brandy? 
Brandy? Wait, you don't know who Brandy is? Ray J's brother? Ray J's. I mean, sister. <laughs> Ray J's older sister. Ray, what's what are their last names though? It was a mononym, as far as I'm know. concerned. Yeah. She, I think she had a show called like Brandy. <laughs> she was. That would um, make sense. <laughs> I think she was also. Uh, what's the uh, Whitney Houston was in it. Uh, what? She did a sh- movie with Whitney Houston. Uh, was it The Bodyguard? No. <laughs> the, okay. The Bodyguard is the best soundtrack ever, though. Uh, no, it was a Wizard of Oz. And oh wait, really? Yeah, she played like Dorothy, and what? The Wizard of Oz was uh, Whitney Houston. What? Yeah, this one hundred percent happened. I've never seen this Wizard of Oz. I think it's a Wizard of Oz. I'm almost positive. Hmm. I, but yeah, she when she yeah I mean she fell pretty far off the you know being the queen of the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And she tried to do a a comeback show called Zoe Ever After on BET. She was just trying to like kickstart her career. And she was going to do songs and uh like sing the the like soundtrack to the show, sing the score to the show, and uh, also act in it. And one of my songs was in a like music catalog and they just picked that song and they were like, oh, oh you're going to sing over this. And she sang whatever song somebody wrote over it. And uh, yeah, she didn't have a comeback and I'm not famous. So. <laughs> that's a hard flex though, fam. No, I don't think so. That's a, that's a weird <laughs> flex. Nah, dude, people know Brandy. Like people that know Brandy are like, whoa. Brandy doesn't know me. Okay, fair enough. Um, Wait, I opened for Mac DeMarco. He doesn't know me, but I did that. You opened for Mac DeMarco? Yeah, like four years ago in Detroit, but like he doesn't know me. Was that the biggest show you've ever played? Where like, were you just looking at a sea of people like, whoa? It was, it was the most people I've ever played to. How did that happen? So I was in a program called School of Rock and like, I had auditioned to like become one of their all-stars, which is like a, a select band they put together. And then they like send them out on tour. So I went from Georgia to Virginia. Then we played a few Ohio dates. And then we played this festival in Detroit called Mopop. And that year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that is, you know, uh, I think I think Glass Animals were playing that year. That sounds right. Was, GZ and Mac DeMarco. That's and wild. <laughs> we played and we played right before Mac. But our, our band was huge. It was like 25 people. Oh, nice. What the fuck? Yeah, it, it was a fun time. I like that we live in a time where GZ and Mac DeMarco can simultaneously <laughs> headline a festival. And it's the shit. Like, wow. Dude, I saw live. Glass Animals and they were fantastic live. Wait, what year? Uh, I was still living in L.A., so 2017, I think. Okay. So, yeah, probably 2017, like right before I moved back to New Jersey. And uh, they were great. But so you like went on tour with this like group of 25 kids. Pretty much, yeah. Like I graduated high school and then I did that. And then I was like, I would like got off the road and I was like, Whoa, this is awesome. And then like, I had a month before I had to go to college and I was like, no, I don't want to go to college. I want to keep touring. This is awesome. Yeah. 
I think if I was in your situation, I might have dropped out of college and then done everything <laughs> I could do to get back on the road. Uh, I should have, but like, I don't really have any regrets because like I've done some cool shit. That's a great way to look at life. Um, did you ever go on tour with an Oculus? No, and you know what? We were gonna go to South by Southwest this year. Oh shit! I knew and, that. Like, yeah, dude. I remember. Like, that. it was it was gonna be like our first tour ever. It was just gonna be like me and Jake in like his Ford Focus with like the amps in the back. It was gonna be so much fun. And then like coronavirus happened. We played one date in DC like March seventh. And then we got back that next week and like shit was starting to get bad. And we were just like, okay, let's pull out of our Texas date. I was in uh, DC March 7th myself. Oh, wait, seriously? Yeah. I, uh, and you I, weren't at my show, you asshole? No, that's my mom and my sister's <laughs> birthday. They have the same birthday. Oh, well and, then. And then I was down wait, there. They have the same birthday? Yeah, the same birthday. Crazy. So I was hanging out down there. And then uh, I was at a hotel room with my wife and dog. And then uh, we're watching the NBA and the commissioner comes on. He's like, nope, this is canceled. Everybody go home now. Shit. And I was like, oh shit. And then uh, everything was pretty normal after that. I don't think anything changed. Wow. Um, what sh- venues or what, sh- like were you gonna tour down to South By or were you gonna book it down to uh, Texas? No, it was just that one date. I had like tried and I had just like completely failed trying to book my own tour. Like I have so much respect for like people that book their own tours and like can secure those dates. Cause like, it's really hard. Yeah. It sucks. But no, it's not easy. Yeah. We had, we had a DC date, a Columbus date and Ohio, uh, the Texas date and then some other random Athens date, but like it wasn't a tour, but like all of that was just like scrapped. <sighs> That's such a shame. Cause I feel like, the official South by this is something I didn't know that official South by is like one or two like corporate events and then everything else is just unofficial, but like it's the whole city just explodes. Right. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Something I was about re- Texas. It's tight. Uh, I was just looking forward to it. Cause yeah. like I had been in Texas like a few months before. So like I had actually gotten to see the venue in Austin where we were going to like play and I was like getting familiar with the area. So like I could like, you know, show Jake a few things just like when we were down there and then man, fuck COVID, fuck COVID. Yeah. I, (laughs) yeah, I was thinking about that today. I feel like I haven't given myself a chance to like really be like, no, like this actually sucks. Like I try to stay positive and I'm like, all right, like I've just got to do whatever. But today for the first time, I was like, yeah, this fucking blows. Like, this is really bad. Like, I miss a lot of things about non-COVID times. Just let myself grieve them today. Oh, my God. I try to stay, like, toxically positive over, like, all things COVID-related. Because I don't feel like I can change the course of history or anything. It's not like I can do anything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I just try to not stay so attached to like the before times. Like the I before, t- the normal times. Yeah, the, the 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 before times. You know what I mean? I don't. Can't, I can't like <laughs> grasp onto something that I don't know if I'll ever have again. You will have it again. This this is the not normal time. Yeah, this is the not normal time. Fucking. Um, but yeah, I'm not like. I don't know. I just feel like 
our country's in a weird spot. <laughs> and maybe that For makes sure. me sad sometimes. But I yeah. try not to be too like bummed out about it. Um, so are you from DC? Oh, hell yeah. Not born, but like raised. Where were you born? Uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, my mom was uh, finishing up her bachelor's degree. Oh, nice. Um, DC's tight. How did you end it up at is. OU? Um, so my grandma graduated from OU in like 1993 and she kind of just like never moved. And then my mom got her master's mm. from OU like the year after I was born. Oh, so, dang. I mean, I, I kind of just have roots in Athens, Ohio, so to speak. And then I applied there and they gave me like all of the monies. So I was like, okay, yeah, this decision's made. <laughs> oh, nobody's going to give me this many monies. No, I have to go here. dude, like I had applied to Berkeley and they gave me like negative money. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, yeah, fuck this. Berkeley charges a lot. And dude, for no reason. And, and, the, and then they expect in. you to have the best MacBook ever. Oh, for sure. But if you transfer in, they, they just wipe your credits. You have to start from scratch. Yeah. And I, that seems kind of messed up. And I think every now and then, like, a touring big band comes through Berkeley and, like, has, a, like, a shopping list of people they need. And they go, I need a guitar player, bass player, drummer, keyboards, <laughs> blank, 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 to pay this big right. band music. And then... One of the professors goes, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and then they drop out, and they never finish. Which, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's sick. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Berkeley. John Mayer dropped out of Berkeley. Like, look at him. John Mayer has undergone the weirdest career resurgence. Fair enough. Dude, everybody used to fucking hate John Mayer. And then... I love that, man. You love John Mayer? <laughs> I love John Mayer. He's just like a aw, and you just want to like tough and like toss his hair around. I feel like he's like a sociopath. I don't, feel, I don't think I want to tussle his hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a recovered ego addict. Is I think how he put it in an interview. I don't know if he's recovered yet. <laughs> Mario, what's that? Can you tell that story you have about like somebody who hooked up with? John oh Mayer? no, it's a secondhand story. Oh, I need to hear this. It's a very secondhand story. I don't know if I should share it or not. Well, it's like a friend of a friend of a friend. So it's basically like a made-up story about John Mayer. <laughs> yeah, true. He's not um, a Swiss. Someone told the story that he, she like hooked up with him and wore his t-shirt to bed. <laughs> this like really stuck with me because it's like a very good funny story, <laughs> regardless of its veracity. Um, she slept in his t-shirt and then woke up and was like leaving and she was still wearing it. And she was like, Oh shit. Like I still have John Mayer's t-shirt on. Like I'm going to get out of here with John Mayer's t-shirt. <laughs> and as she was leaving, he was like, wait, he was like, I'm really sorry to do this. Like, I know you probably want to keep my shirt, but uh, that's like my favorite t-shirt. You like, would you mind like giving it back and like, I'll give you one out of my drawer. And she was oh. like, sure. And like, like he was like, like, it's kind of weird, but it's also like true. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm John Mayer. Like you probably want my t-shirt. <laughs> so he like takes her over to this dresser and opens the drawer. And it's just full of like the same t-shirt, the same exact t-shirt. And I was like, 
what this is like this is like a bit like this is like something he like thought of and was like this is gonna happen and i'm gonna do this that's like some bill murray <laughs> shit where it's like bill murray does something and says like no one's gonna fucking believe you and then yeah. walks away oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> I heard another story. I feel like John Mayer might be like Andy Kaufman level comedic genius and just like do things for these funny stories. Yeah. Dude, I mean, Dave Chappelle thinks he's hilarious. So like, yeah, I read Dave online genius. that somebody was hooking up with John Mayer and he just very gently whispers into her ear. Let me see that fucking butthole. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then she like stops. And then I think he's like has to go perform on stage. But like what? I think is, of that as is like, that what, is that how you wrote that song? <laughs> Let me see that Let me fucking see butthole. <laughs> he was workshopping it at the time, and he settled on your body is a wonderland instead of oh my god fucking butthole. No, the Alpha Buddha song of that very nature is that from a John Mayer point of view. What song about what? The, Let me see your butt. Let me see, Let me your, see your butt. butt. <laughs> oh yeah, that's from John Mayer's point of view. I forgot that that was a song that's out in the world. <laughs> I just write. You wrote that. I wrote an album of songs that I thought would be like TikTok songs. And they have not become oh, TikTok songs. Oh, okay. When you say it like that, it kind of makes a bit more sense. The album was like the working title was TikTok songs or something like that. And what does it mean? Because like, I don't know Spanish. Oh, Conocetatu? Uh-huh. That's Irish for, like, how are you? Oh, it's Irish. Yeah. And um, when Mario tried to put it into um, Spotify, they, like, Irish wasn't, a, like, a drop-down language. So it was either, like, English or Spanish. And I was like, eh, say Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know why I picked that. I should have put t- done TikTok. TikTok songs. TikTok songs. Yeah, um I listened to your new album and it's sick. How long does that take you to like put together? And do you like write everything yourself and then like bring it to a drummer or is that collaborative? It's well after like working with like someone who was like as good of a drummer as Jake was, I was starting to make it more collaborative, but like all three songs on the EP, um, I largely wrote, um, I wrote all the guitar parts, um, and most of the drums. Um, I mean, Jake made them sound like how like a drummer should play them. Cause like I play drums, but like I sound like a guitar player playing the drums. Like I know exactly what you mean. And you want a, a drummer who can like come in and, it's hit the drums really hard. I, I need the, I, I need them to be like Matt Gartska. Like who Matt Gartska, the dude from uh, animals as leaders. Yeah. That dude, the machine, the machine, just like cyborg computer. I feel like we're all also very forgiving of like program drums and like they absolutely have their place. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I feel like, like as a society, we're very forgiving of program drums. Like, yeah, you know, I feel like you're not gonna get too many live drums on like number one singles, you know. Fair enough. And but like, like I, f- it's it's like spreading through metal now. But yeah, what were you gonna say? 
just like I feel like it's very easy, especially since like, you know, Inoculus is like essentially a solo project for me that it's very easy to get like lumped into that category of like a guitar player who has Pro Tools and like does everything else from there. And then like you just get overlooked because, you know, how unique can that whole trope really be? How unique can any trope be? I'm in a like I'm in like a garage rock band. <laughs> like how unique is that? You know what I mean? I mean, depends what you're making. I mean, the Strokes are yeah. still doing somewhat garage rock shit. That's the point. I think there is like validity to the whole tropist thing, but it's also like not you like can't really do that. You can't like reduce something to that so easily. I feel like, like what you, you can, about, right? Yeah. Like, what do you gravitate towards? Why would you gravitate away from that? Because you're like, oh, it's been done. Yeah. I had a, a visiting professor in college listen to somebody's composition that was like a, a minimalist, like very repetitive thing. Mm-hmm. And he literally just went, why would you keep making music like this? And he was like, wait, what do you mean? Why would I keep making music like this? He's like, Steve Reich did it. It's it's over. <laughs> I was like, what a douche. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine like somebody listens to your music and is like, why why would you have a delay pedal? Bono already did this. <laughs> U2 is done delay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So um that drummer is sick. I don't know him. What's his Wait, name? Wait, which drummer? Your drummer. Oh. Well, right now, I don't have a drummer. But uh, the dude who played on the EP is uh, Jake Evans, who, honestly, he's not on too much social media, but, like, badass drummer. He was in the music program, and then he switched to the music production program at OU. Sick. Yeah. we. I mean, we're not saying any shit. We're not talking shit. Unless you want to talk shit. <laughs> talk shit talk shit get banged that's the uh motto around here was that you banging, <laughs> that banging? sure oh dude i was scared <laughs> fear felt it um anyway man it's been like an hour uh nice can you plug yourself tell everybody where to talk to you and you know all the important things Hell yeah. Follow Inoculus on Instagram. Uh, I'm doing cool shit, going live and posting valuable content that will enrich your lives while you're inside during COVID times. And how do you spell that? I-N-O-C-U-L-O-U-S. I'll post the link. And uh, most importantly, what gauge strings do you use? Uh... I use like a hybrid, mostly 11s, but like on my special guitar, I use like a hybrid of like 10s and 11s. So you go, you go heavy. I guess. Like, do you use nines? I use eights. Oh, wow. No, no, you're light. Yeah, I go super light. Wow. I go crazy light. I love light strings. Uh, I used to play nines until, I don't know, a little bit ago. Maybe like a little bit before COVID, I put eights on my uh, Epiphone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, yep, I like this. I like the way this feels. 
And uh, so, no, I'm super light. What do you like about heavy strings? Um, the response I get when I tap, because, like, I do a lot of tapping really, really high up. And when the strings are light, the, like, note doesn't really have that weight to them, especially, like, if I'm, like, tapping with my pinky or something. It's just I need more, like, girth, like, in the higher register of the guitar. Wait, you're right, pinky? Yeah. Like this guy? I don't ever use that. I saw Buckethead do it once, and it was kind of like a chromatic thing. He just, like, went up one string, like, four fingers off, four fingers off. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the only thing I've, like, ever tried with my pinky. But that's, that's a, my right pinky, that's a useless finger. Nah. Dude, like, I've been, I've been working on, like, I, like, do, like, all kinds of arpeggios and shit with, like, my right hand now and my right pinky. It's just, like, I've learned a new level of efficiency that, like, it's insane. I feel like I've unlocked something in my head. It's like. I feel like when I asked you to do that like collaborative thing that we did where I like programmed the drums and we did little videos of each other. Right. I remember getting that back and be like, oh, that's fucking incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck. This dude, he is a different guitar player than when I saw him a year ago. Oh, my God. I was like. Dude, I was I was confused because like you sent your part back and I was like, oh wait, this your part kind of makes sense. Like, should I change it? Like, <laughs> do I need to change my part? No, it's kind of cool like, when Yo. like something. Yeah, I was like, absolutely fucking not. But it's kind of cool now that like things can be almost created in like complete vacuums. And uh, I did that with with Adam of Up Two Minds, and it's cool to just like see if you just send somebody blank drums and like maybe a chord progression, mm-hmm. and they like put this their own individuality into it. Man, that sounds so kumbaya bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Adam Fisher. Yeah, for sure. He gets shouted out a lot because he's good. But uh, yeah, I felt (laughs) like your playing has just like hit that next level. I was like, oh, that's crazy. So you, my, I was thinking if I owe money to the Yakuza, my right pinky's going. Oh, oh, I, you know what? I've thought about that. I I couldn't lose any of my fingers. I just really couldn't. No, they're so beautiful. I love my fingers so much. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um Are you left-handed? No, heavy right-handed. Heavy I actually right- tried to force myself to become left-handed at one point and I was just torturing myself every day for from like 5th to 6th grade. It was terrible. Like you spent a whole no I spent a whole year trying to writing left-handed eating left-handed i was like i will train my body to do this and i just never did writing left-handed is like i i write with my right hand because when i was a little kid i was pretty ambidextrous and one of my teachers was just like if you could maybe muster up writing with your right hand do it because like you don't push the pen and like rub your hand through it right i have the world's worst handwriting i have fucking terrible handwriting sad there's no moral of the story there um but anyway thank you for coming by and doing this you're sick your band's sick thank you thanks for having me you guys are sick i don't know how i appreciate y'all nah we suck all right thank you (laughs)